What the fuck is up, world? We're back. Another Grito. Podcasting live from the Sun City. El Paso, Texas, baby. Home of many things. Uh, some fin- infamous. Some perhaps not so infamous. Uh, and, of course, me, your boy. Right? Residing here in occupied, colonized uh, El Paso, Texas, which at one point was named Franklin, Texas, over the alleged fucking dickhead that supposedly discovered this place uh the mountains here still bear his name for whatever reason uh we get a courtesy in regards to the guadalupe mountains guadalupe mountains however the fuck you want to pronounce it uh because at least that's considered to be part of our culture here along the southwest when in reality it's not it's just a, a spicy homage if you will to our spanish colonizers right um if you want to i don't know I, I honestly i've looked but i haven't looked too deeply but perhaps one of you listening knows specifically what the indigenous peoples of this place called this uh space here the mansa and the, the manso rather and the suma right maybe they have a different name for it uh but aside from that uh, I refer to it as El Paso, Texas, affectionately, perhaps even occasionally as Chuco Town, where your boy, again, is broadcasting live from, right? Um, what's up? What's good? It's been about three weeks since my last podcast. I don't apologize for that because I read this thing uh, saying that we got to be a little bit more, not assertive per se, but a little bit more empowered with the way that we speak. So I appreciate, I should say that you've bared with me in this three long in this three week uh, hiatus from the podcast it's been finals week the culmin- uh, leading up to finals week and then this all of last week still right now actually finals week so naturally your boy's been just a wee bit uh busy but the entire time that i have been so please believe that i also been thinking about you my loyal listeners those of you who are still listening along holy shit man 28 episodes in and you've been with me from the first one right for the you know i'm sure a few episodes here and there and for those of you who are just joining along what's good what's good i was looking at some stuff the other day and i just got to tell you it made my heart really happy right so for those of you who are tuning in for the first time maybe even but have also recently just turned in within the last couple months or so what the fuck what's good i appreciate you right i see you dog is what i'm trying to say um lots of shit going on uh in regards to just the world in general naturally shit's always popping off in the world but also specifically uh individually my world as well uh and in a good ways in in some good ways and some bad ways i don't want to say bad ways and give you the impression that you know like a sad boy type shit emo you know bad shit's going on no that's not what i mean like of course bad shit always happens in everybody's life right i'm not impervious to that but what i'm saying more so is that from a perspective of trying to find good in the bad right trying to grow from the bad having the courage to grow if you want to quote that one song by or rather the album by the one band revolution right my jam heart like a lion right we got to have the courage to grow and generally speaking we don't grow in positions where we find ourselves in comfort right so learning to be thankful for the bad times even though they fucking suck right but you know appreciate them for what they are namely catalysts for growth if we at least cease to be so right um, and I guess with that respect, it's a good time as any, actually, before I do never forget OG underscore ice nice 13. For those of you who still haven't followed along on the, on the Instagram, for those of you who are finding this podcast outside of social media, OG underscore ice nice 13, right? Uh, you could also find it on Facebook. Although I'm going to be honest with you. I don't really keep up with that shit no more. The same for Twitter and also YouTube. You'll find the entirety of this podcast in its video form on YouTube. But man, Facebook and YouTube, they make it mad difficult to keep, you know, not, they don't make it difficult. What I'm trying to say is it's just uh, it's not working with my with my encoding software, if you will, my uploading software. And it's very tedious to have to go and upload to Facebook and YouTube every single video. So because of that, I've pretty much cut it down to the Instagram for now. Right. Uh, maybe one day we'll get I'll get back onto the other platforms. So if you're trying to uh, if you're tuning into the podcast uh, from outside of social media and you're looking for your boy. Instagram is most likely the best way to go, right? So anyways, well, sorry about that. I was jamming some fucking uh, melodic death metal as I was preparing to do this podcast and I forgot to turn my fucking speaker off, which it did so kindly for me, right? Anyways, uh, getting back onto the initial point of the conversation, I was talking about, uh, you know, growing up here in El Paso, Texas, I was talking about some other type of shit that I just, this fucking speaker threw me completely off guard. I apologize. Let me recollect my thoughts here. So yeah, going back to this fucking, you know, this whole shit of care, I appreciate rather, I should say, 
the fact that you all have stuck around with me uh, patiently for the last three weeks since it's been that I've dropped the last podcast. Uh, that really does mean a lot. And uh, specifically because, you know, at least in my mind, the way that it works is there's an element of care involved with you, you know, continuing not only to listen to the podcast, but actually jumping into the podcast game and my podcast game, I should say, recently. Right. Because, man, there's a whole fucking world of shit y'all could be doing with your spare time. And that you are choosing to, you know, share it with me. It really means a lot, right? Because again, the element of care, it implies that you care enough to sacrifice your precious commodity of time in order to listen to the fucking ramblings of some random ass fucking philosophy professor from El Paso, Texas, right? And with that in mind, I guess it's actually the impetus. I don't guess. I know for a fact it's the impetus for the conversation that I had in mind for today. I should qualify it by saying that much of these thoughts are in their elementary phase. Um, there are thoughts that have emerged in response to some of the shit that's been happening in my life recently. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and learning how to deal with the trauma associated with things that me as a person have never, and as a whole family, I should say, my whole clan, we've never realistically experienced. Uh, thankfully, we've been fortunate enough that this type of shit has evaded our family for up until this point, uh, has evaded my life. Not, I mean, it hasn't evaded my life entirely. I've talked to you before about my, you know, past shit in the past. But for the most part, as far as like the actual individual peoples in my family, uh, my clan, I got to try to start replacing that word, right? Uh, it, I, we've been fortunate enough that it hasn't really affected us in that kind of way, right? Um, but since then, you know, we you, we get all throw these fucking curveballs in life and, you know, we got to adjust accordingly, if you will. And it's from this adjustment phase that I was speaking to, uh, you know, vaguely earlier when I spoke about having the courage to grow, if you will. And how, you know, uh, negative situations can be the impetus, the catalyst for, for that very change. Now, I should also further, further, further qualify this in saying that it also doesn't necessarily become the catalyst for many people, unfortunately. Right. But here in hood philosophy, you can't really see it in the background anymore because I've subtly, I've slowly began shifting my camera throughout my, uh, throughout my little study room back here as this podcast series progresses. But if you tune into the earlier podcast, you'll see back up on the board over my, my wall over here. Uh, three main words, addiction, relapse, recovery. That's kind of the, the core of, of hood philosophy. And when I speak to addiction, relapse, and recovery, I don't necessarily speak about addiction, relapsing, and recovering from drugs, right? Or recovering. It's addiction, recovery, and relapse. It's that, that's the phase, right? I don't necessarily speak entirely of drugs and alcohol, though. That's definitely in there. I speak more specifically as in, I, I see the drugs and the alcohol as a, as, as a, as it's a symptom, if you will, of a greater problem. And the greater problem is the, uh, uh, the addictions that we, that we develop in our lives, right? In order to cope with the negative stressors that we find ourselves just by virtue of being human beings. And then hopefully, if we're fortunate enough, we're able to recognize these addictive behavioral patterns long before they, you know, before our life ends, essentially, let's just keep it 100, right? And we do so in a way that will allow us to recover from them and hope to live better, happier, more fulfilled lives, right? Now, you might ask yourself, well, why the fuck the, uh, the, the relapse then? And that is just simple acknowledgement that this process, just because you've become aware of our addictions and just because we've become aware of what it takes for us to recover from these addictions, it doesn't mean that once the recovery is complete, that it's fucking, it's done for, that we never had to focus our energy on it and ever again. Fuck no, man. Like recovery is a lifelong process. And yeah, it could be recovery from drugs and alcohol. You understand that, you know, one of the central tenets, if you will, of Alcoholics Anonymous is that once you acknowledge the fact that you are an alcoholic, that's the real moment you realize that you are essentially an alcoholic for the rest of your life and that you got to take it a day at a time, a minute at a time, right? In order to ensure that you don't fall back into those patterns of behavior. Because if you let your guard slip even once, you could find yourself right back on that fucking the, 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 the cycle that you escaped from, right? The whole process of recovery. So unfortunately, the uh, relapse element is a very real, very fucking actual component into this philosophy. Now, how this portrays to the, uh, the overall discussion that we've got going on so far, it's simple. Um, the drugs and the alcohol, it's, uh, it's my contention, right? I'm sure others agree with me. And if they don't, fuck them. It's my assertion. I'm advancing it. Uh, and that is that drugs alcohol and again let's be let's move beyond that now to shit like shit junk food diets uh high high carb cravings if you will is it, not necessarily because carbs are bad i'm not trying to get into the dietitian debate i don't give a fuck about that kind of shit right i'm saying more specifically because for some reason one of the the triggers uh, of depression is a craving of carbs for some reason that's how you know like oh fuck i might be experiencing a depressive episode 
right? But also, you know, things like uh, overconsumption of media, whether it be social, whether it be on television, right? A complete disassociation from reality where we're seeking to distract ourselves with nonsense bullshit that doesn't fucking matter, right? Uh, whether it be unhealthy sexual practices, like there's all sorts of fucking addictive behaviors that we that that we engage in, right? And if you ask me personally, it's my approach that's influenced by Russell Brand. I keep pointing over here. I keep forgetting that I moved my little thing here, but it's uh, from Russell Brand's book Recovery. I have the the list cut out right there, right? Of of, of the recovery process, at least in his terms. Uh, but what he mentioned is how his addictive behavioral patterns started as a young child when he was fucking, he has got this really eloquent way of stating that he was guzzling down Oreos or some kind of cookie like that, right? And he refers to it as this locomotive of, you know, uh, of sugar and junk food that was, you know, just that he was inserting into his body to numb this, this dull void that he had developed and, and just by virtue of what he was experiencing as a young lad, right? So, that's the kind of behaviors that I'm talking about. And not all people, for, unfortunately, are able to recover from those uh, behaviors because, A, they think, well, this is life, right? Uh, I've been listening to a lot of Kanye recently, right? I'm still debating. I, I, I kind of turned in my Kanye West card for a little bit when he did the whole Joel Osteen. I'm not going to say kind of. I'm going to be like real with you. I turned it in about 98 fucking percent. And honestly... That's just that 2% that's holding on is just how classic his original shit is, right? And I was listening to the college dropout recently and he's got that one song like, man, you heard the song that I did called This Can't Be Life, you know what I'm saying? So how it relates to this specifically is we have these people, I myself, one of them at one point or another, who was cycling through these behavioral patterns that we developed in response to the trauma associated with existence. And, uh, you know, we get caught in these behavioral patterns and we look around and we're like, fuck, this is all there is to life. Like, for sure, there's got to be more to it, right? This can't be life, right? Unfortunately, however, not all of us are uh, uh, are able to come to this discovery before the, 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 the conclusion of our time on this planet expires. And, you know, that's very that's a very devastating thing for me. Furthermore, more importantly, you have the people who don't want to acknowledge this fucking realization, the people that, you know, to use the parlance from the popular sci-fi movie, The Matrix, who wants to live in The Matrix, right? So they want to engage in all these self-destructive patterns of behavior, if you will. And, you know, they 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 cling, their, as I've been discussing with recent podcasters with Nietzschean philosophy, they cling their entire livelihood and essence and identity on these institutions that arise, you know, in response to people looking for something to give their life meaning and purpose, like American patriotism, the military industrial complex, fucking religion, all kinds of different shit. You know what I'm saying? Like there's also that group of people. And then there's groups of people like myself who are slowly trying to learn that none of the aforementioned are viable alternatives to helping us live happy, you know, more authentic, actualized lives. And we're looking for something else. You know what I'm saying? And uh, in, in, in this looking process, there's plenty of people that are willing to give you answers, fucking self-help gurus like Jordan Dickface fucking Peterson, chief among which, right? Mr. Clean Your Room when this fucking reality is just code for take Clonopin whenever fucking life throws you a curveball. You know what I'm saying? Um, that are willing to extend to you an offer and tell you like, hey, I got the answer to what's bothering you. Just buy my book. You know what I'm saying? Buy my ideology type shit. Nah, man, that's also not a fucking solution. In fact, uh, perhaps per, uh, perhaps slightly uh, uh, hypocritically, I will say that finally the answer that I emerged to that I finally began to realize is one that was actually provided to me by, well, it was, I guess you could consider it a self-help book. I mean, Nietzsche's philosophy, that shit's a self-help book, right? But moving even beyond more so the Nietzschean philosophy aspect of it, it's of all motherfuckers, the baddest one of them all, David Goggins, man, the real fucking Nietzschean philosopher, right? And, you know, through you know, at the risk of uh, attempting to uh, centralize his philosophy, I'm simply going to keep it real and just say, learning to embrace the fucking suck, dude, right? It, uh, the, the pain in life creates these opportunities in which we can either learn from them or we can just shell away from them and allow the institutions to handle it for us, right? The pain in life. Now, if you're wondering why I'm talking about the institution so vehemently, it's because it's, I'm not even talking, th this whole this whole shit that I've been talking about for the first 16 minutes of the podcast is realistically nothing more than the it's the pretext for the actual original point of this me wanting to uh, podcast for today. And that is because, you know, in response to a lot of the things that have been happening in my personal life, my clan and I, right, I've had a lot of these ideas that at one point or another, it may have appeared as though because 
since I'm an academic, the fucking general consensus when it comes to people like myself who have these ideas, it's that, oh, you fucking brainwashed lifty liberal. That's what you get for, you know, um, uh, going to college and letting your college professors brainwash you with their leftist garbage. Right. But nah, man, like that's that's fucking far from true. And it's, it's fucking in fact, it's not only far from true, it's it's just upsetting on a multitude of levels. Uh, on the first level is that it implies that there was no fucking conscientious thought or rational, you know, th that I am incapable of conscious thought, that I'm incapable of rational thinking, that I'm incapable of critical thinking, that I'm incapable of thinking for my own. You know what I'm saying? And that this podcast and that everything that I'm doing with my life in general is nothing more than the regurgitation of some fucking bullshit brainwashing that I encountered through my educational learning process through these, you know, state sanctioned institutional learning facilities. It's fucking not true. That's not what's happening. You know what I'm saying? Much of these thoughts that I have on my own are thoughts that I already had developed long before stepping foot onto a fucking college campus, right? And I just was given the language to further or be able to properly articulate them through the schooling process that I've gone through, right? Furthermore, that's just me on an individual level, on a more, you know, cultural level. It implies that for some reason, the peoples here of, uh, of Turtle Island, Anahuac, Abia Yala, whatever the fuck you want to call it, right? Um, that we were incapable of thinking about shit like collectivism, that we were incapable of thinking about shit like, you know, reciprocity long before we were saved by this European thinker, Karl Marx. Like, fuck out of here, dog. Collectivism is at the core of much of our indigenous cultures. Capitalism is a recent importation to this continent. You know what I'm saying? And long before that institution arrived, we had plenty of cultures that subsi they subsisted just fine without these fucking ideas, right? Um... And then, of course, more importantly, and I don't want to say more importantly, but what really, really, really drove me to want to do this per this particular podcast today is because uh, when we start to spout these ideas, just everything that I said that I get accused of from the initial people, my first response of being brainwashed and uh, by the uh, by the academic professors and how I'm some lefty liberal because of it. Generally speaking, the people who are uh, accusing you of that, accusing me of that, are the same, are guilty of that very thing. They've been brainwashed not by the school systems, perhaps, but instead by you know their parents, their culture, their, their the, uh, American culture in general that is so completely against these ideas of collectivism. And much of what they say is you could tell right away nothing more than the regurgitation of ideas that are clearly not their own. They're not critically thought out. They're fucking ideas that they inherited from people who already developed them before them as this fucking personality structure, the starter pack, if you will. Uh, the the starter pack here being of conservative Republican Christian. We can even throw Christian into the mix, right? And it's basically this fucking carte blanche that states that you don't have to think critically at all on your own. Yeah, I said it, motherfucker, right? Um the idea here and the reason i'm like yeah i said it motherfuckers because like why are we gonna why are we gonna beat around the bush why are we gonna pretend why am i gonna pretend to be fucking like as diplomatic about it as possible fuck that like this is an issue that is ser of serious concern to me not just from the critical thinking element of it it's part of the reason why i got into the philosophy game try to help people learn how to think more critically the way that i myself was taught to do so you know what i'm saying but also it's, it's 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 personal to me because of the shit that I'm experiencing with obviously with my clan and it's not just me but millions of people around the world billions of people man why are we be fucking again keep it real dog a billion people bill not just one billion you know what I'm saying but like billions of people around the world who are experiencing the fucking negative ramifications of everything that it is I'm about to talk about here shortly and the idea here is that most of the people that critique this shit uh, they don't even, they don't even, they're not, most of them aren't thinking critically on their own. And I'm going to uh, venture to say that most of them have probably never experienced on a personal level the, the, the need for everything that I'm about to talk about here shortly. And if they did, that they perhaps would be singing a different tune. And at this point, it's not even a matter of whether it's you personally, right? Because it's understood that, dude, it's 99 fucking point nine percent of the human population is at a giant disadvantage under the current system that we find ourselves living in. So it's fucking basically everybody on this planet. You know what I'm saying? So uh, going back to this idea, right? It's uh, the initial foundation for it then becomes is the lack of actual critical awareness of people that we're engaging with in conversation. Uh, one of the ways that I like to, not one of the ways, but the, the, the part that came immediately to mind is that uh, I'll give you an example from my classes. In the beginning of this, this, uh, the beginning of the semester, an idea that I like to introduce to my students is that I'm not necessarily convinced that 
all people are actual human beings, right? And let, let what I mean by that is simple. I, I'm not convinced that robots, for instance, don't already live among us. And I mean, from here, there's so many philosophical wormholes, if you will, that we can get ourselves into. We can get into the solipsism debate, like, damn, is it really just me and no one else in this world is real? Or you can get into another uh, element of it, like, damn, what if I'm just a figment of someone else's imagination? You know what I'm saying? Like the best way that I can give an example here for this particular podcast and maybe this clip on Instagram, if you're watching it, is that... um you know, me personally, uh, you never knew of my existence, for instance, right? Uh, uh, prior to you coming up on this podcast, however the fuck it is, you stumbled upon it, whether it be through, you know, the, the, the podcast itself, the podcast apps, or through social media. And then suddenly... I come up on your timeline and poof, I here I am in existence. You know what I'm saying? So where was I type shit long before that ever came to be? Was I, you know, somewhere over there? Was I not in existence? Did you just think of me and I come into mind? Right. The same for me with you. I see some people that like my shit sometimes. Thanks for that. And I, you know, I'll look, I'll look at the profile and I'm like, damn, like this is a whole person living a whole life. And up until this point, I never even knew they fucking existed. So did they ever really truly exist or did I just bring these motherfuckers into existence? That's the basic gist behind the solipsism, right? Um, so uh, going back to this idea about robots and shit, it's like, okay, that's one way that we could take it. Another way that we can take it is from an actual strictly physicalist perspective of reality. The perspective here being is that as uh, uh, physical objects living in a deterministic universe, there essentially is no room for the notion of free will, meaning that realistically what the majority, well, all of us are, if we take this very hard deterministic, reductionistic, scientific approach, is the we're the working out the mechanistic working out process of the universe unfolding at any given moment meaning we don't have actual conscientious choice we don't have actual conscientious volition we're simply acting in accordance to what it is that our biological precepts have determined for us billions of fucking years ago you know what i'm saying so that's a very robotic type existence and then there's another way that i like to take it and that is from the actual thoughts. You know what I'm saying? Like the actual thoughts inside people's head. The way that I see it is that mo- like it's like all computers, you know, and computer programs. There's a there's a dualistic element to electronics in general. You have the actual physical hardware of a computer, for instance, and then you have the fucking software that drives it, man. And that software it determines every single functioning element of that computer. And if that's the case, I don't really see a difference between human beings and the ideas that are put into our fucking heads long before we're even capable of critical thought. I'm talking about fucking childhood here, man. Before we're even literally physically capable of physical uh, of critical thought. And these ideas that are implanted in us, whether they're from religions, whether they're from governments, whether they're from, you know whatever the institution, these serve as very fundamental base level operating systems that drive the majority of the actions of people on this planet. So if that's the case, and if you're not taking the time to sit back and reflect on these ideas, why you have them, where you got them from, whether they're fucking sounds or unsound, like realistically, you're just a fucking robot that's acting in accordance to some fucking bullshit ass programming that you inherited when people fucking used to warm their food with shit read it in the Bible, you know what I'm saying? And you're fucking perpetuating that shit here 2,000, uh, however many years later, when we got fucking iPhones that could send dick pics halfway around the world on the drop of a dime. Like, come on, man. You know what I'm saying? So if that's if that's the kind of programming that you have, how can I not consider you to be anything but a fucking robot? You know what I'm saying? Uh, the You're just downloading, if you will, this fucking information uh, from Fox News, from MSNBC, from CNN, from whatever the fuck outlet it is. They're all the same hustle anyways. You know what I'm saying? It's not a left or right shit. It's just a human being thing, right? And you're just mindlessly perpetuating and regurgitating this fucking content without any actual critical thinking at all whatsoever. You know what I'm saying? Uh, One of my favorite examples of this actually was recently through a scientific experiment that they did. Uh, And the experiment was they were trying to get information on chimps. It was like, I forget exactly what kind of chimps they were. But uh, in order to try to undo the observer effect where the chimps were aware of the fact, like however aware they could potentially be, that they were being fucking observed. What's happening instead is that uh, they put a robotic chimp in there, right? A little robotic monkey to 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 you know to observe for them and these fucking chimps accepted the monkey as one of its own they accepted it as one of its own you know clan members and it got so fucking deep that the fucking robotic chimp ran out of batteries 
And these fucking monkeys started died. Like I think they even had like a like a quote unquote buried. They mourned it. They mourned it. They mourned the death of their fucking adopted robotic chimp counterpart. And if that, I mean, that shit when I read it completely fucking blew my mind, yo, because it proves exactly like what we're talking about here. How many of the people that are walking on this planet right now? are actual people, for instance, as opposed to fucking robots that have been put advanced, you know, who have been advanced and thrown into our lives and doing nothing more than fucking uh, advancing these ideas. And we're, you know, we're fucking communicating with these people. And the whole time we're looking at them like, what the fuck? Are you a robot or are you a real person? Now, of course, for those of you who have ever, you know, studied anything about the Turing, Alan Turing is this fucking guy who's credited for being the founder of modern computational uh, theory and all that kind of shit. Um, he advanced what is referred to as the Turing test. And essentially a Turing test is a test of consciousness for artificial intelligence. And what he advanced was the idea that we will be, we will know that we have reached uh, artificial intelligence when a robot, when, you know, a computer or whatever is able to convince adequately a human being that they are talking to a human being. You know what I'm saying? Right now, for instance, if you talk to Siri and you ask it some questions, it's very obvious that as intelligent as it appears to be, there's no sentience behind it. There's no actual real thought behind Siri. She's just responding in accordance to these fucking, you know, programming that she's been, that, that, that has brought her to consciousness, if you will, well, that limited experience of consciousness that she has or he has, depending on whatever fucking Siri uh, uh, version you have on your phone. You know what I'm saying? And well, you know, so the, coming back to this idea, the, uh, the problem becomes that if you ask a person, yo, are you a fucking person, bro? Or are you a fucking robot? And by the way, just to, you know, circle it back and tie it all into the ideas that I introduced earlier, you could ask them, yo, are you a real fucking person, bro? Or are you just a figment of my imagination? Of course, they're not going to fucking say they're a figment of imagination. I'm a real boy, right? Of course, they're not going to fucking say they're a robot. Because if they fucking answer that, then you'll be like, oh, well, shit. Well, you're a fucking robot. Why am I listening to you? Oh, shit. You're just a figment of my imagination. And all this reality is just a fucking, uh, uh, an elaborate, you know, fucking roost that I've portrayed for my own mind. And maybe I should, you know, manifest better things in my life or, you know, all that universe type shit, whatever. You know what I'm saying? So when it comes to uh, this idea now, now we're getting slowly, slowly, slowly starting to introduce ourselves more into the idea that I had in mind for today's podcast. It's, you know, I get, I'm just going to be 100% real with you. It's actually stemmed from, despite the fact that, you know, the impetus, the actual impetus, the catalyst for, you know, the, the passion behind today's podcast, if you will, in regards to this particular subject stems from what's happening in my own clan. Uh, the impetus for it came a couple days ago with a post that I put up on the gram about communism. Now, I've said it before and I've said it. I'll say it again. I'll keep repeating it. Like, I'm not a fucking communist. I'm not a fucking Marxist even. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I think that for all intents and purposes, capitalism definitely has its flaws like cap, like, you know, most economic systems, like most political systems, even if you want to be that brash. Right. But I, I would still prefer it over fucking uh, communism. We've seen the historical examples of what happens in communist countries, right? And it's, you can spare me that whole, it's not real communism shit. Like, dude, it is what it is for now, the time being, right? Now, of course, I'm not making a defense for capitalism because, man, fuck capitalism too. I'm going to be real with you, right? Uh, capitalism only subsists because of the forced exploitation and excess labor, unpaid wages of the working class. It exists because of the exploitation of the people and the planet. Like, fuck that shit. You know what I'm saying? But somewhere in between those two economic systems is perhaps a more ideal version of what we as humans could be living it under. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I guess socialism uh, uh, immediately comes to mind, but obviously even then there has some uh, uh, some fundamental problems with it. Whatever the case is, I'm not a. I, I, let me explicitly state it now, right? The CIA watching and all that kind of shit, trying to shut your boy down, maybe in the future. But definitely not a Marxist, certainly not a communist, right? But also definitely not a fucking capitalist, bro, right? Um, whatever the fuck I am, honestly, I don't think people at all we've necessarily nailed, and it's not because socialism isn't the best outcome. It's because there's probably something better. You know what I'm saying? And uh, specifically when it comes to this is things like universalized healthcare, universalized basic income, bro. We're living in a fucking world that is not like the world where, you know, capitalism was invented, where it's just, it's not the same world anymore, bro. And inevitably it's uh, it's a given that we're going to have to adjust in one way, shape or form in order to properly prepare ourselves for the future that's coming. That's going to be radically different from the past that got us to this point. You know what I'm saying? And the moment you start to advance these ideas, 
you get people from fucking both sides of the spectrum, people that are ready to defend capitalism and people that are ready to defend communism. And they're both fucking simply doing nothing more than what you would expect of a robot to do when confronted with its fucking, with its programming, right? A robot will only ever respond how it's intended to fucking, how it was uh, programmed to respond. And the same is what I'm saying about these type of people here. You introduce fucking uh, uh, a collectivist idea and all of a sudden these fucking right-wing Jordan Peterson cucks come out of nowhere and say, oh, what's a better alternative? Why don't you just pull yourself up by your bootstraps and fucking take accountability? Fuck you, dude. Like, I'm not even, I just told you, I'm not even a, a fucking Marxist. I'm not a communist, but you're trying to hold me accountable. You're trying to reduce the conversation. You're trying to completely eliminate the conversation at that by fucking lumping me into this fucking convenient little box that is easy for your simpleton brain to understand, right? Because for some reason, the idea that, you know, giving people adequate medical health care uh, just by virtue of being taxpaying American citizens is so fucking impossible for you to comprehend with the shit programming that you've inherited from the past that you don't even know you don't even know how to engage in a critical conversation. You know what I'm saying? Conversely, on the other end of the spectrum, when you say shit like, you know what, capitalism isn't all bad. Like there are some things that capitalism has done that is good. You get the fucking left wing cucks over here that come along and start saying shit like, oh, all capitalism is evil and blah. I like, dude, like Again, what of what you were saying is not what we have fucking already inherited from the people that have come before us. Like, yeah, I get your side of the argument as well, but it's 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 an onus upon us as the current people on this planet to take, if you will, not only the mistakes, but the lessons that we've learned from the past and fucking update them to try to better, uh, you know, uh, account for our situation here in 2019, quote unquote, and moving forward. You know what I'm saying? But these types of things are, it's very difficult to engage in these types of conversation, especially fucking online, right? Where you may very well be responding to a person that is nothing more than a, a, a fucking a, a government drone, if you will. Uh, 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 one of these Instagram profiles that the government is currently using right now to not only monitor other people, but definitely to do shit like sway political opinion and foment dissent among, you know, competing uh, ideologies in the United States and abroad. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is all very real shit. So you, I, you could very well be dealing with those types of people. But I think uh, uh, beyond all of that, the real, the real, real, real type of people that we're dealing with are simply those who... You know, just by virtue, again, of the way the society is structured. We live in a society, man. It is what it is. But the way that it's structured has simply, you know, we've fallen victim to this very egoistic, very individualistic, certainly biased uh, uh, culture here in the United States, but just Western culture in general that comes with being a capitalist. You know what I'm saying? And rather than going out to try to disprove or rather prove how many of these people are fucking robots and how many of them aren't real human beings, I think a more viable alternative is to just simply try to combat that sort of fucking, uh, that, that, that conditioning with a more philosophical one. Right. And it's, you know, the impetus for this podcast is the impetus for me personally wanting to become a philosophy professor, well, I guess among many reasons, you know what I'm saying? But, um, it's certainly the impetus for this particular episode right now. I'm not going to get too personal and too deep into it, but I will keep it simple and just straight up state that, you know, when it comes to my personal clan, if you will, the reason why I'm bringing it up is because we've had somebody that's uh, recently, uh, they've, they've fallen under a medical illness. Okay. Now, thankfully for us as a clan, uh, this person is, they have, they're in good health for one, but also they are, um, they're covered. They're just by the system. They're covered by the system. Okay. They have the healthcare, thankfully, fortunately, right. They have the, they have the individual, the private and the fucking, the, the work provided healthcare. They have what I'm saying, what it takes to be able to hopefully overcome the illness. You know what I'm saying? A luxury that billions of people around this planet simply aren't afforded. Right. And so before I, I only I only introduced that because I don't want to give the impression that the reason that I'm advocating for this is very strictly from an egoistic approach. It's not like it, it really isn't. You know what I'm saying? 
uh, it, it, it's it's from an approach of understanding the the shared collectivity that we have with every single person on this fucking planet, let alone here in the uh, in this country that we you know we're we're living in, and the shared responsibility that we have to these people. You know what I'm saying? People will say things like, "Well, what the fuck? You want them to pay for their health care with your taxes?" Yeah, motherfucker, like shit, they're taking my taxes anyways. And I'd rather them fucking use it to give people health insurance than to fucking blow up innocent children in the Middle East. Like they're going to take the taxes irrespective of what the fuck we do. So why don't we fucking partition more towards helping keep people alive, towards fucking providing people with food, shelter, water, safety, the things that we need to be able to fucking live a good, happy life. Like, of course, dude, you know what I'm saying? And so when it comes back to this fucking uh, the central gist of today's podcast, the, 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 the reasoning is simple. We can't do that until we are provided with an alternative to that which we've been fucking indoctrinated with here in the Western world. And so when it comes to the philosophy, I think the more important one, not, I'm going to delve into it inevitably. But a quick, simple introduction is what are known as these intersubjectivity, intersubjectivity, sorry, theory of ethics. And uh, what these intersubjectivity theory of ethics are is it's this approach to ethics. I'm going to put my phone right here so I can look at it specifically because I don't want to lead you astray. But it's uh, it's an ethics that's rooted in an effort to ground ethical theory specifically in this fundamental relationship to other people. So what I mean by that is most most of the times when we're discussing ethical theories, they put you in a position where you're it's basically like mental gymnastics. Like, what would you do in this particular situation? What is the moral thing to do in this situation? Do you pull the lever and you kill five people and let one person live? Or do you just stand by and allow the one person to die and allow five people to live type shit? Like it's just mental gymnastics. It's getting it. That's the whole part of the of teaching people how to think critically. And I understand it full well. You know what I'm saying? saying but that's just that's academic it's it's mental masturbation realistically if, if i'm being honest with you that's my personal thoughts on the matter right uh nothing realistically is going to be solved with teaching people the doctrine of doing and allowing because people are gonna you know let the doctrine of doing and allowing is, is going to want to tell us essentially like there's a difference between killing people and allowing people to be killed for instance right and okay, I, I'll take it back. Let me walk back my statement. It's not that there's nothing good that's going to come from it per se, so much as all it's going to do is it's going to affirm students, I believe, individual biases in the sense of the people who are going to kill people for their interest are going to kill people for their interest. And the people who aren't going to kill people for their interest are not going to kill people. And teaching them the doctrine of doing and allowing, I don't believe is going to change that in many ways. You know what I'm saying? So when it comes to ethical theory, that's kind of what I'm saying when I, when I, when I state that it's something of a masturbatory practice, right? And these, the, the, the ethics that I've been introducing in my classes specifically uh, but also that I'm introducing now through this uh, brief podcast is is it, it's not intended to do that, right? And we start then with this intersubjectivity theory of ethics because it, it it asks us like all bullshit aside, like yeah, you know what's the most utilitarian outcome of an action? You know when that's that should be our guiding behavior. Besides that, let's ground it in shit that actual actually matters, man. And the shit that matters most importantly for you know cast not not only cast but social creatures like ourselves is fucking other people. You know what I'm saying? So this ethical theory is going to seek to root. I'm going to have to pull my microphone down here shortly. Uh, it's going to seek to ground rather our ethical theories in a, in a fundamental relationship to other people. Okay. Because at least according to these, the, the people that advance this theory, they're going to say that this relationship creates, if you will, an ethical responsiveness that they argue is akin to personal love. Like it sounds silly, man. And it sounds hippy dippy, whatever the fuck you want to call it. I don't care. Like I'm not, I'm secure enough in my being to stay like, yeah, dude, I fucking care about other people, whether or not they're fucking related to me. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I don't necessarily, it doesn't necessarily mean that I fucking like other people. I have my own personal fucking biases and no they're not based on something fucking basic like skin color you fucks we've already had this conversation i'm saying i don't necessarily like lazy people for instance i don't like complainers i don't like a lot of people you know what i mean like like uh, a lot of different characteristic traits i should say uh so um but despite that, it doesn't mean that I want fucking lazy people to die because they're unable or unwilling even to go off and fucking jeopardize their entire fucking experience of the human reality just to make enough money 
for the fat cats that are going to reward them with a fucking couple of spare change just to keep feeding themselves long enough to ensure that they're back at work the next day. Like, no, nah, man, I don't give a fuck. That's fucked up. You know what I'm saying? I don't have to like you. I don't have to like the characteristic trait of being a lazy person, but it doesn't mean I want you to fucking suffer in this experience and die because of it. Like, no, dude. Uh, the same could be for, you know, people who get sick. Like, you could be a fucking radical right-wing Christian Republican. But if you can't afford fucking healthcare, dude, I want to be able to help you. Uh, in the, in, in the only way that I know how that I, uh, that I can right now, and that's by paying taxes and that these taxes will in turn be fucking used to provide you with the healthcare that you need to continue being a fucking radical right-wing Republican in this, you know, experience of reality that you're going through, that we're all going through. The same for the lefty liberals. Like, come on, man. I don't have to agree with everything that you're saying. I can say shit like, yeah, I don't think Donald Trump's an entirely bad president. And, but, and, you know, you could disagree with me and call me a fucking sellout, Theo Taco, do whatever the fuck you got to do to try to demean me, right? And fit me into a box that's easy for you to understand people. It doesn't mean that I, I don't want you to fucking uh, not, you know, not be able to afford basic housing. Like, come on, man. If me paying taxes is going to help put a roof over your head I'm, and fucking, you know, food on your table, I'm all for it. Let's do it. You know what I'm saying? And this is where this whole the ethical relationship or responsiveness is something akin to a personal love. That, that's kind of what they're talking about. You know what I'm saying? So uh, when it comes to this, the people who advance this theory, they're going to want to differentiate between two types of people, essentially. And the first type, I guess, I start with this one, but normally speaking, I, sh I guess uh, moving forward, definitely in my classes, I just move this down even lower. Give me one second. This is the first time we've gotten this deep into our, uh, into our little book collection here, my book collection here. In fact, let me uh, uh, give a, a quick shout out to the books that are at the very bottom that are anchoring my philosophical discourse, if you will, over the past year for sure. Give me one quick second. Uh, shuffle my books around and give a quick little shout out to the ones that have been holding it down at the bottom but haven't gotten the, the proper recognition that they deserve i meant to get a a, a, a longer you know mic stand and but after a while after the first couple episodes I, I grew to be a fan of my little book collection here right so that's why i have to go through this uh anyways um the books that have uh, been anchoring it down at the bottom let's see what we've got here borderland la, la, la frontera by gloria anzaldua we got fucking a little walter mignolo here the Rena uh, the dark renaissance what is it called specifically oh the darker side of renaissance wow, that's a really good book for those of you who have been wondering like what the fuck is reclamation what the fuck is decentering that's my boy walter mignolo right there you know what i'm saying and then what else we got here? Oh, yeah. I haven't read that book yet, but I, I actually put it under this collection here because I wanted to get to it. But it says Latin American thought, and I just fucking hate the term Latin American thought. It was recommended to me because, you know, people, you start telling them you're like brown and down and shit. And they're like, oh, you should read this book, right? And this one right here was one that was recommended to me. And I guess I'll read it eventually, right? But ugh, the words Latin American, <laughs> right? It's just colonialism. Anyways, um, Going back to this, uh, uh, the little bit of the lecture that I had prepared for today, the relationship between the the two, and I guess I start first. I'll start first with rather with the I thou, right? And what the I thou is, the characteristics these people are going to want to argue is a person who is fully human. It's a fully human person. And we're going to be talking a lot about authenticity. The Christmas break is coming up, and I got this whole section of this book right here uh, lined up that I'm fucking eager, 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 eager to discuss to you about with uh, fallenness and you know authenticity and all that kind of shit. And this particular thought, when it comes to a fully human person, it emanates. It emanates from these thoughts that are advanced by this particular philosophy, right? Uh, the philosophy of self-concern, of care, if you will, uh, that I introduced in one of my recent Instagram videos for those of you who are interested for now, right? Uh, it's a person who enters into relationships wholeheartedly. And we're not even talking about personal relationships anymore, interpersonal relationships. We're talking about relationships with complete fucking, with, with the whole world. You know, it's not just uh, intimate relationships, I should say, right? Uh, it's a person who participates with other people uh, in a relationship of reciprocity, meaning like, yeah, dude, I give, you take, you take, I give. Like it's, it's a mutually beneficial relationship. You know what I'm saying? Because we see each other as distinctive and as an end, okay? As simply as opposed to rather as simply nothing more than a means, something that I use for my own personal fucking benefit. You know what I mean? Nah, I'm entering into this relationship with my entire being and I'm going to be fully present and authentic in the presence of others. And that we contrast that instead 
with what they refer to as a person that enters into these relationships with a truncated ego that is withdrawn and distant, okay? And that uses other people as a means, never as an end, okay? And that this type of person, they have the, the reason we want to avoid it. It's basically like an American, like a typical average American, man. And they have a very severed, uh, they're very severed, these types of people from the world, okay? Where the social world itself becomes nothing more than these fucking impersonal institutions with no authenticity to them at all whatsoever, right? Uh, and the I is nothing more like that, not like the I and my I, like I'm talking about the I, the self, right? Is nothing more than this fucking repository, if you will, of subjective experiences. What I mean by that is you're basically like this fucking empty canvas that's having the various uh, uh, experiences of reality scribbled onto it where there's no actual experiencing of reality because there exists no authenticity. You know what I mean? Uh, this type of person is so preoccupied with the past that they remain unable and untouched and un and they just simply cannot connect with others, right? There's just, there's no fundamental relationship between that type of person and other people because they're just so foreign and alien to them, right? Uh, and the sad part, unfortunately, is that if these philosophers are correct, these I-it type relationships are what gradually, slowly but surely starting to replace these I-thou relationships, right? In this modern era, we're speaking here about things, you know, like, let's just keep it real, man, like American culture, as opposed to these more indigenized collectivist cultures, okay? Um, so yeah, the reason then, this is a brief introduction to that ethical theory, because as I said, I'm not realistically going to be discussing the ethical theories on these podcasts anymore. The winter is coming, right? And my best stark interpretation here for all you fellow Game of Thrones heads. And uh, as it does, it's going to give me an opportunity to work on the Patreon, right? So inevitably, hopefully, if you want to support your boy getting out of this fucking, uh, 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 this feudal system of wage-based slavery, you can uh, you, you can get help get on that, right? Uh, and I'll definitely be detailing this particular lecture fully. On, on that thing because I have a couple ethics classes in this semester and I'm really looking forward into delving into these, right? Uh, I've mainly focused on, you know, the typical, the average, if you will, ethical theories, consequentialism, deontology, virtue ethics, et cetera, prior to this point. And moving forward, I'm still going to introduce them because obviously, you know, it's, they're, they're fundamental to ethics, but I'm also going to be introducing other ones like this one. So I'm really looking forward to that. And if you plan on getting the full if you hope rather to get the full, you know, uh, 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 interpretation of that particular ethical theory, of course, I will be providing that opportunity for you to do so in the future. For now, I'll just circle it back around to the actual original point of why I bring it up for this podcast. And that is because these conversations, these relationships that we have with other people that fucking, you know, they basically, uh, they engage with the world in an I, it type perspective. They're very, uh, they're very untouched, if you will, by the suffering of other people, by the fucking the suffering that they personally cause, whether it be through active physical means or whether it be through tacit means, like simply supporting institutions that were built on the oppression and marginalization of other people. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we're engaging with these people who lacking any sort of critical self-reflective insight are void of any authenticity and thus realistically are nothing more than kind of just these mindless brainless autonoma who are coming to you and are being presented to you in the world as nothing more than fucking challenges and obstacles that's how i see it at least to that need to be not overcome per se but fuck they just serve as barriers towards building a better future for all people. I mean, it sounds fucking very utopian. I get it. But still, man, like it's not about fucking sitting around in a campfire and singing kumbayas so much as it is a basic fundamental understanding that the world that we're living in is not the same place that it's going to be in fucking 100 years. And that's for better or worse to tie it in completely with what we were talking in with the uh, the very introduction of the podcast. Like, yeah, dude, we're always presented with these fucking very difficult circumstances in life, right? And how we respond to them is going to dictate inevitably our future outcome, right? Our future life, I should say. In this particular instance, I'll say it quickly because I'm running near towards that hour long mark is that let's say we as a country, for instance, are very, are facing this uh, as a culture, as a people, as a human race, we're experiencing this very real prop, not problem. I don't think it's a problem. I think it's fucking great, but it's very uncomfortable. Change always is, right? 
uh, moment. It's like this epoch of, of human history. There's been plenty before our time. And, you know, to think that just because we're living in a modern digital world that they're going to suddenly come to an end, that's fucking nonsensical, man. It's, it's a fundamental process of teotel, if you will, the dynamic, dynamic unity, the, the, the love and hate, the light and darkness, the peace and war type shit. You know what I'm saying? It's a fundamental nature of reality. We live in a constant state of flux. So to assume that it would just suddenly end, that's a conservative fucking, that's a conservative utopia. It's just not real though. You know what I'm saying? And as, un, as difficult, as tense as our times appear to be, A, for one, it's always been this way, I'm sure. I know I've read enough history to be able to comfortably make that assertion. But B, positive growth can be fucking made from it if we simply have the courage to grow. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, but in order, not even necessarily having the courage. Yes, definitely having the courage to grow. Uh, but what I want to say is, instead of not necessarily is that the courage to grow from a critical perspective, a self perspective to let go of these fucking institutions uh, and the desire to have these fucking institutions think for us and give us these basic fucking simple answers that were created in a world that simply no longer suits or fits our needs. You know what I'm saying? And that hopefully part of the process in doing so is to try to break through to the people through the philosophical discourse and get them to realize like, dude, we're living this truncated life, this I it type life, this very ethically egoistic life. And there's so, and the only reason that we're doing so most likely is because that's what we've been inculcated. That's what we've been indoctrinated with through these institutional learning facilities that, you know, serve as the vehicles for the installation of the basic programming necessary to keep this American Western culture going. But there's so much more to life than just that. And it may possibly be that that other possible, that other possibility of life could be more beneficial to you as a person than that which we've we've just accepted as the default you know what i'm saying because maybe you maybe you personally will be the person in the situation one day with the lack of adequate health care that is faced with a debilitating life-threatening illness and what the fuck what are you gonna do you're gonna fucking look back and say well shit i'm so glad i held on to my conservative christian republican leanings up there up until this point right here for sure they're gonna come save me right no nah, man not if you can't fucking afford it and me personally as someone who is neither conservative republican nor christian i can straight up tell you i don't even fucking know you as a person most likely and i don't want you to go out like that like goddamn dude you know what i'm saying so yeah we're getting ever so closer to the hour-long mark and i think that little tangential route is as good as places any to draw this bitch to an end so with that said i'll just quickly state that um if you haven't yet already, please do be sure to follow your boy on the Instagram. Uh, I'm really, really looking forward to this Christmas break. I'm bringing you more fresh, original content uh, outside of the typical meme and podcast sharing that I've been doing so far. Uh, I'll definitely also be posting the information necessary for, you know, the Patreon and all that kind of shit moving forward and just all around other life shit. So until our next podcast, I hope you all have a great rest of your day night whenever the fuck you're listening to this and we'll see you then peace